Hello and welcome to the Pokey London Flight Series with me, Afro7, your favourite pop culture critic. Today I've got King Wally with me. Wally, introduce yourself, please. Hi, this is Wally, um, King Wally on Twitter. Um, I've been here a few times and yes. it's always great talking to Tola about all the things we usually talk about. So it's great to be here. Yes, yes, excellent. Thank you, Wally. Thank you for honouring the invitation. So today, basically, we want to go into a few topics um, generated by other podcasts, Nigerian pop culture, and just, you know, a few of the things happening here and there. So to begin, how are you, Ole? How was your week? I am great. Um, the week was, it was chill, and I decided to have a very low-key weekend, so I've just been in for most of the weekend. Yes, the same for me. The weekend was exactly as I wanted it to be, which was to do nothing, just watch TV and eat. So that was good for me as well. Those are the best ones. Exactly. Oh, it feels like God sent it to me, especially when I have those. (laughs) It's it's great. All right, so let's just get into our topic straight away. Um, This week, I want to talk about the last unedited episode of the Loose Talk podcasts. Listeners, if you're, if you're not familiar with the Loose Talk podcast, it's basically on the Pulse NG network. It's hosted by Osage Alonge with, alongside Steve and IOAOT2 on Twitter. Um, last week, the episode generated a lot, a lot, I, I can't overstate this, a lot of talk on Nigerian <laughs> Twitter, uh, leading into Nigerian media in general, where Osage spoke his mind on a few issues regarding Wizkid. Now, this led to severe backlash for Osage himself, people accusing him of being unprofessional, people saying he went too far, and extracting three apologies from Osage regarding what he said about Whiskid and what he said about the singer Tenny, also known as Tenny Ola or Tenny Makanaki, depending on how you know her. Yes. Now, Wale, did you listen to the podcast? Yeah, I did. Um, I did. It's one of the nigerian podcast i listen to i listen to like about three um consistently mm. and i think it's one of the yeah it's my favorite um, one as well so i listen yeah, to it every single it, week it's very it's very it's very interesting to listen to mm-hmm. even though i usually don't agree with a lot of what they say oh well, yeah but yeah. i think it's it's always good to to just get something just to just listen to the exactly. and banter you know I think, yeah I yeah like I really like the podcast. Um, I've seen their growth uh, from when I started listening around two years ago to now. The guys have come on a long way, especially where women's rights are concerned. They've still got some ways to go, but it's nice to see growth and understanding happening in real time. you know. And there's also nothing else like it in terms of connected guys, guys who are in the entertainment business, talking somewhat candidly about the ongoings in that area. So yeah, I listen to it quite often. So, are you familiar with the controversy? Yes. Um, I think a lot of it is just actually to go into what I really think about it. Mm-hmm. Please I do. Think, Please do. I think a lot of it is ridiculous. I I can understand why people feel some kind of way about some of the things that were said. Mm-hmm. And I actually, when it came out, I remember I sent a message to Osage and I'm like, dude, like, just be careful, you know. Because I do know that from, because I always observe like people and, you know, the kind of energy that people put out there. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've noticed about Whiskey stands, mm-hmm. um, I think the obsession is very unhealthy, mm-hmm. which I usually struggle with over just anything. So I message him and say, hey, just be careful out there, you know, because you, know, you never know what to expect from these people. Mm-hmm. But the part where a lot of it he was being called unprofessional he was being called all things he was being called a hater I, I i wasn't surprised but i think it's funny how we usually are with this thing you know mm. but i really like the episode i think yeah, it, was, it was good listen it was a fire episode as far as i'm concerned um where okay so let's give the listeners a little bit of a backstory to this so i think about three weeks ago or so whiskey's a baby mother the first one the mother of his first child rather came mm-hmm. out and and you know alleged that whiskey is an irresponsible father he's reluctant to take care of the boy and even more reluctant to visit with him 
you know, all sorts of allegations. And she provided evidence, you know, WhatsApp messages and her own statements. On, on, on those are bad. Yeah, those are pretty bad. It painted the boy in a really bad light, okay? Mm. So I think Osage being a man and a father probably took a lot of umbrage to the alleged behavior displayed by Whiskit. And some of the things that he'd been known to do in the industry for a long time. So I think everything just came to a head and Osage just basically let loose on the kid. Now, to be fair, from because I also messaged Osage, but this was after the controversy started. When I heard it, I was a little bit nervous. I was nervous because... Now, I will tell you one thing I think they didn't do right. I think some of the things Osage said he shouldn't have said. Um, I'm okay with the industry gist. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Where it concerns music and contractual violations, etc., I think that's perfectly fine. And it, I mean, mm-hmm. that's his area, right? But there were areas that delved into like gossip that you probably can't substantiate. Even if it's true, there's no way you can substantiate it because I mean you can't interview the parties involved, right? Areas alleging that you know the individual was in Abuja sleeping with women for money. Areas alleging that he had a a lady naked in the hotel in the lobby or something on drugs things of that nature yes, but, i thought but, was a bit mm. yes but my issue with that is what i think he should have done for those i i think he should have said he could have said it mm-hmm. but i think i mean this is something that even you know you've been you, you you've been online you've done you know most of these things so you understand what i mean mm-hmm. but a lot of the time when you're saying stuff like that mm-hmm. what people usually do you throw in a you know like if you allegedly, allegedly yeah. throw it in there, I allegedly. thought he could have done that better. Yeah, allegedly. I thought he could, because really, to be honest, I personally, I'm not, I'm not somebody who like gets into like celeb gist and all these things, mm-hmm. but I do know that there is a place for that, mm-hmm. and I do understand that yeah. there is nothing wrong with saying There's that. There's an Instablog, yeah. Yeah. So if what I just thought they could have done better is just you know sprinkle a little allegedly, a few allegedly in there. Yeah, yeah, allegedly. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I, I was, I was particularly grateful. Let me not lie. I was particularly grateful that he spoke about intellectual property theft. Um, because this is, this is a problem that's quite widespread in the Nigerian entertainment industry where, where a more popular singer takes the song or the melody or the words that belong to another lesser known artist mm-hmm. and they tend to get away with it. And in terms of, uh, the song in question was, well, the song most popularly known in question was Final, Badu Final by yeah. Whiskid, I think in late 2016. This is a song that I know personally was written by Dami Crane. I know that yeah. to be true. And at the time, Dami Crane himself came out and said, yo, this guy stole my song. You know, and there, there have been a few other, other incidences. I mean, his first, his first, very first single was also taken from, from a, a Southeast Asian artist, I believe. Yes, you know? yes. So, so I mean, I was quite happy that Osage shed light on these things because I think these are very important things. If this industry is going to be moved forward, people have to be shamed for stealing music and not paying artists, not paying producers, signing people they don't know in, they don't know what to do with, etc. Do you understand? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that yes. that that made me quite happy. What were your thoughts on that? Um. I, I just like you said, I think it's it's always important to to talk about things like that and to bring the conversation to the you know to the foreground. But the thing that whenever we talk about it, the reason why I really am not as um enthusiastic about speaking on stuff like that mm. is because I know how it's gonna end. I mean not to sound like a pessimist. But the way Nigerians worship these people, it's never gonna be attacked. Like the the artists themselves, mm. you expect them. Many of them probably wouldn't see a big problem in it because you know it's whiskey. Mm. You know, it's this person. Mm. And as much as we, I've learned to sometimes not fight battles that the people involved don't want to fight themselves. Mm. Mm. You know, because it is a problem. It is a big thing. Like everybody knows that this is an issue but if the people involved themselves are not doing anything really or fighting it i was actually happy that debbie crane came forward mm-hmm. yeah, so was I, I. So was I. that oh somebody said something about this thing mm-hmm. and even me being a fan of whiskey that was you know the truth is if somebody you don't like does something you have to be able to look at it and be like 
all right, that wasn't cool. And that's why I still struggle with Nigerians, the the obsessive nature of the way we support um, public figures. And and it's not just the fans themselves. It's the musicians, the other artists as well. So if they don't fight that, I think we're not going to really see change in that. Mm. I, I really want things to get better, especially for these young boys, because really many of them, they actually do it over here too, kind of. But I mean, they do it yeah. in a more legit way. Yeah, they just but then start... there's, some, there's some recompense, right? You can go to court, yeah. you can get the song taken off radio, taken off yeah. the internet, etc. right? You can do that. Like, yeah. for example, recently what um, LMA did to uh, Jacquees, where he recorded a cover of her song, shot a video. Mm-hmm. The song was monetized on YouTube whilst she had yet to release her own video. Her yeah. record company had the song taken off the internet. Because and people, people were going crazy about yeah, it. Yeah, they, cool. they attacked her. They really attacked her. But I thought that was the right thing to do. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, look, I, I personally... what? I, oh, there's there's also the issue of thugs being sent to Pulse NG's offices to terrorize the <laughs> staff. Uh, I can't... Like, I'm still in shock to see how Nigerians were legitimizing that action. Were justifying that action, like I'm like imagine if Buhari did that, the outrage that would have been meted out, you know. So that you're saying the outrage, yes, there's there's gonna be outrage, but at the same time, the outrage is gonna come for people like you and I, right? There are people that are going to think what Buhari, if Buhari did it, there are people that are gonna think what he did was okay, and True. I'm not gonna just throw out, you know, I'm True. not just gonna assume, but. I'll be surprised if the majority of people actually don't co-sign that action. Because it's one thing I've always, I've had to like battle with all this thing. Because I feel like we have the vision of where we want Nigeria and Nigerians to be. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes you have to be realistic about what Nigerians really do. You know, because they're going to okay so much. So, and you that are saying this, they're gonna make it seem like you're the crazy one. Yeah. Like how, if you guys are okay with thugs storming an office, based on gossip that you heard, then at what point is so basically that you're going after every blogger that says something negative? Well, basically, yeah. I I don't know. I find that really weird. Basically, yeah. I I was I was really disturbed by how widespread the approval for that action was, and I I like. I don't know. I mean, I think I'm more outraged out at being outraged by Nigerians. So that's just what that was. Um, also, the comments about Tenny, what was your take on that? Because I think I read some of your opinions on it, and I think we're, we're on two opposite sides of that. So um, what were your thoughts on what he said about Tenny? See, this is... The, I, I, when he said that, I found what he said interesting. I don't necessarily agree with him, mm. right? That she should become a songwriter and focus on that. I don't have a pro, you know. I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think she could do her thing. I think she could be a musician. She could be, you know, she could be the biggest artist in three years. We never know. You know, I'm always, I like her. I like her energy, right? And I like how she moves. Mm-hmm. But I think what he said is something that if, every time a new artist shows up, right, male or female, mm-hmm. we always do these things as fans. We always look at, okay, where do I see this person in three, four years? We always assume. That, oh, I'm, I mean, as somebody who has seen the likes of Kendrick, J. Cole, all these people come up in 2008, 9, what I did was assume that, hey, you know, how is this person going to be? Same thing with Drake and the rest of them. As fans, you assume that, where are they going to be in three years? So I think what, for many people who looked at Tenny's movement and what Tenny is doing, they thought about what Osage said, right? that this industry that focuses on so much fake shit, that focuses on so much um, irrelevant shit as appearance, um, photo shoots, this is the same industry where people are not even in the movie industry or doing anything close to movie or they've never been in the entertainment industry or anything. But you see them on every red carpet, mm-hmm. you know, because the way things work, you have to just show your face. Yeah. To show that, hey, I'm here, even though nobody really knows what you do. So, like, it's an industry that moves on that and moves on all these things. And so you'll be concerned a little bit that is this industry, will this industry be able to 
accept and you know handle this you know this girl's genius so what osagi said i get that and that's a legit and to be fair to him i don't think that's way you know he was saying that she couldn't make it as well and i also remember him saying the example of somebody in the industry telling him you know the same thing mm. but i think what he's i didn't see a big problem in it but i think because people wanted to go off on him it was like perfect to just say hey um, you also said this about him you know whilst so I was, what, what whilst i was whilst i was listening to it i was taken aback um firstly i think sometimes when somebody says something they're not saying it about you but because you can relate to the person they're saying the something about mm-hmm. it affects you differently because i've struggled with my weight issues especially over the last two years right mm-hmm. i sort of i sort of took umbrage that he might not have intended do you feel me mm-hmm. now i've never been told i couldn't do something because of my weight. this is internal for me but i do know having been on the outer periphery of, of the of the industry I know that for women like Tenny, they're often told no because you mm-hmm. look like this, because you weigh this, because you're not fine enough. I'm not saying that's what they told her, but you can imagine mm-hmm. the litany of things they say to women like her. You know, you're not somebody's idea of fine, even though to me she's attractive. And I'm not saying that just to say it. I mean it. No, she's very yeah, pretty. I mean it, right? You know, mm-hmm. she. This is someone who probably heard all this in the beginning. Yeah but carried on despite it and in her biggest year that she's had so far somebody comes out and says this again to me mm-hmm. it was ill-timed if he had said this two years ago maybe nobody would have cared but it was ill-timed because look she wrote one of the biggest songs of the year she's she's had a biggest hit this year she's become a social media sensation this year so now is the time you tell her you don't think she should be a writer. You don't think she should be a singer. You think she should be a writer. It just smacks in the face a little bit of condescension and, and discrimination. And I know he didn't mean it like that, mm-hmm. but that is the way it came across. But but don't you also think, don't you also think this is him? For, I mean, I, I don't know what he was thinking. You know, I, I can't go into his brain. But don't you also think that he was also speaking from the perspective of, him being a fan of what she does and him just being like kind of worried about so, so Wale, do you know why it has no relevance can i tell you why it has no relevance she's had her biggest hit thus far like are you with me she's had her mm-hmm. biggest hit thus far like now she's known now when people say tenny you don't need to add a last name you don't need to say nini or last sister you can just introduce her as tenny by herself so mm-hmm. what he's saying right now has no relevance because she is at the level a lot of people would die to be on and much of it is organic right she doesn't have a big corporation pushing her she doesn't have a record label with big money you know paying off to pay to play her songs you can see she's invited fans in to see her song making processes and she's delivered like virgin was a freestyle that she made into a song in a pot fake mm-hmm. jersey was the same thing Askamaya is a massive song right so why now that she's having her biggest year you say this and even if this is the only big year she ever has mm-hmm. that's bigger than 90 percent of the people who struggle who, who think they're going to blow in quotes right that's so why true. is it now relevant that's what i'm saying to you because this this woman would have heard this all throughout before she got to this point so now that she's at the point people keep kept telling her she couldn't get to and she's crossed over you're bringing this up again the reason the reason i, I he said something though he said and it's i actually agree with that point and he said that if that song as Kamaya was a song that tiwa savage made or that tiwa savage did that it was going to be a bigger song you can you argue know? that with any song you can Maybe. argue that with any song, to be fair, just because of Tiwa's magnitude. But to be fair, Askamaya is bigger than anything Tiwa's released this year. True, true, true. Askamaya is bigger than anything she released this year. So what are we really saying? You know, the <laughs> audience the audience has had a chance to see her live and raw. They've seen her without makeup. They've seen her in her house clothes. They've seen her acting a fool. And the audience has not rejected her because, okay, we're Nigerian. The bigger woman is appreciated by a particular part of society in Nigeria, mm-hmm. right? But is it just about is it just about her story to cut you off? Is it about her being big or what also is it? Also, because there's also the the tomboy thing. 
that's there as well. Okay, there's her, there's her size, there's her, tom, there's her tomboyish, which I identify with on both, on both which sides. Which Nigerians, right? Nigerians act so weird about. Because but, I remember when, even when, if you go back to 2007-8, when Asha came out and she had the, the locks, right? And Asha was like, arguably had like the biggest song in Nigeria in those two years. And she's kind of like received that as well. Like people were wondering like, oh, is she lesbian? Is she this? Is, you know, because she even spoke about it in the interview. Yeah, yeah, I read, I read, I read, I read that too. So like Nigerians are always going to put that. And I think, I don't think he specified, you know, just the... Okay, so I'm looking at, I'm looking at the... Yeah, I'm looking at things that are unconventional about her. So her weight and her boyishness are two things. I, I identify with both, right? But look at Tani in Askamaya, in the video. Was she trying to suppress that boyishness? No. She has finally, in Askamaya and in Rambo, she has embraced it because I think she was shying away from it herself. But she has fully embraced it and the audience is following right along with her, right? So my disappointment with Osage, and I don't think he means it like this, but I'm trying to unpack that mentality from, I'm extending it from him to some Nigerians that feel this way as well, is people keep making the argument that there's no room for the unconventional. In 2018, where some of the biggest moments we've had so far have been from people with their phones just doing their own thing. People are remaking what it is to be a star. People are remaking what it is to be famous. Some of your most famous people don't do anything tangible you can put your finger on, right? The, the box has expanded and our minds need to follow suit because a lot more people are empowered to present themselves as they are. Come on, Bob Brisky is a big star. Could this have happened five, six years ago? No. So you look at you look at a that's woman a like good, you look at a, a woman good, like like Tenny that's boyish and big. Are you going are you gonna tell me you can't find women like her on the streets of Naish today? Mm she exists she represents a sizable number of nigerian women okay so she exists and i think the problem with us people who look at pop pop culture and critique it is some of us our minds are still too narrow to reckon with the reality of the times Hmm. and that's a great that's a great point you know i actually see where you're coming from and it makes a lot of sense um i think also the part that i kind of see for what he's saying i think he like you said, it's something to think about and it's something to, that we all know. But I think he was probably just looking at it and saying that somebody who has been in the industry, because I've always wondered, you know, I've, you know, I talk about, I'm somebody who's actually really interested in Nigerian music history. Oh. And I do research and I make, you know, make lists and I just like do timelines of certain events. And what I notice the most and it actually makes me feel bad is that we've never really had a time where we had mega superstar female artists. You know, um, if you wanted to go and name five of all time, you know, you mentioned Oye Kawino, you can mention Salawa, you know. Um, you could find some that you could put in there. Asha, Tiwa. As- exactly. You know, but if you then compare it to like the magnitude of the likes of KSA, Obey, um, even Quam down to Wizkid now, Quam yes. One. Mm-hmm. You see how big those were? And then you compare it to how big the women, you know, mm. the biggest women are. Mm. You know, so it's an industry that really finds every opportunity to, you know, push women out from exactly. it. Exactly. You know, so exactly. I think that could, what he was saying also could be the fact that, you know, already women are struggling to get into this industry based on just a lot of other shit. So like this other thing she's bringing that we know that Nigerians are usually, you know, some of the weirdest, shallow people. Now she's bringing this with the amazing talent. He, he's probably looking at it that, damn, I don't know if this is going to work. Maybe that's where he's coming from. See, I, I, I'm 100% certain that he didn't, he didn't intend it to be malicious. That's the thing. But firstly, I just think it was ill-timed because this has been the biggest year so far. And secondly, I think it speaks to the fact that a lot of us are still working with quite narrow minds. You know, I think if he had a chance to do that segment over, he will reword it. 
that that thing on Tenny actually bothered me more than anything he said about Whisket. I didn't care about mm. that, you know. That one bothered me more because I think Osage is somebody who has a big voice in the terms of people take him serious. At least I do. I know that he knows a lot. I know that he's given his life to this work. He really means it. It's not a joke to him. So when mm. he said that, I was I was slightly taken aback, you know, by it. And I really do hope that it started a conversation because I love what Tenny's doing. She's carved a niche for herself. She's in her own lane. She's doing her own thing. And Nigerians are embracing her for it, right? So I think it would be a shame if we tell girls or boys that they had to fit into a particular box to pop. Uh, the, mm-hmm. t- the times have changed and we need to just move along with it. You know? I mean, so, you, 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 you're actually very right because even looking at the the Ote crew mm-hmm. the way they're moving now and they're beginning to gather pace mm-hmm. um i think it's it's an it's it's an evidence to what you just said that times are really like the movie yeah yeah you know i mean i love those Ote kids for one particular reason and that is that they're documenting their times they're documenting their <laughs> movement you can pinpoint when the movement really gathered steam to me it started with black magic really but you know yeah. people can debate that however they want but what i love is that they're documenting everything and the quality of musicianship is way 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 up there and they like each other too they roll well, around with each other until which I think... until one of them really pops <laughs> <laughs> but i i really enjoy quite a few of them i like Tommy thomas i like a uh, wavy wavy the creator i like lady donnelly i think i think tay is a genius i like sue tay a lot i like uh, who else do i like Remember when we had this? Remember when we had this conversation like a year ago? Yeah. And I told you that, and I said my pick was Odunsi. Yes. And I said I think I think he was gonna be the one that was probably gonna go the farthest. Mm-hmm. Do you do you do you still think that? Um. So I think because Odunsi was in my DMs, he sent me some of his work, and what I told him was that he sounded too, he didn't have a context, like the music, and I think you might remember me saying this. The, his music mm-hmm. didn't have a context. And that's still the problem that I had with Tommy Thomas as well. Like, you need to contextualize this music. If it's good, it'll blow, right? But Odusi has grown so much from then, from what he showed me, to now. I think I think his 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 maturation has been a beauty to watch. And yes, I, I think I think he's really definitely got something. I also like Pretty Boy Dio. I like that he's a bit wacky and he just does his own thing and you know he's 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 making fun of himself as a sex symbol but he appears to be taking it seriously <laughs> and i really <laughs> i really enjoy that about him and i think lady donnie is just an amazing amazing yes. songwriter like i have a lot of time for her i'm just excited man i'm excited about the vibrancy of the scene and i really really want to see where it goes i mean to be very fair i do think a lot of them have this privilege of having been schooled and or educated or lived abroad yeah so they're not really necessarily dependent on living on the music which is a good thing for them because it gives them more space to create without pressure um but i think they do definitely still need to or maybe they don't it depends on how they feel of of bridging that reach divide you know so this is like island music vi lucky lucky sides kind of music and then you have the mainland i think that's what that's that's actually why that that point you just made i think that's why it stands out for me because when I look at them, I think sometimes we sometimes forget that Nigeria is huge. Yeah. And that the community we have with people who like talk to us on social media and are into like the internet, totally. YouTube and stuff, mm. that there's something totally different over there. Yeah. And when you look at them, as much as I like most of the people you mentioned and I, you know, I'm cool with some of them, I see Odunsi and I'm like, Odunsi is the one I think can actually break into the mainstream yeah. Very easy. And he's very uh, young. He's like 20, 19, exactly. 20. Yeah, he's very young. He's like 20, I think he's 21 now. Yeah. Like he has, he, he speaks Yoruba as well, right? He yeah. sings in Yoruba. That's yeah. like one of the easiest ways to get in there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he, and he makes that music that's like very easy to swallow, mm-hmm. but also very quality music. And, and you know, yeah. that's. He's got a new project coming, I believe. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to hear that. I have a lot of time for the kid, and I'm really proud of him that he's he's grown and he's stayed grounded. I think that's really beautiful. Um, who else? I'm excited about Poe's um, up-and-coming album as well. Oh, I saw that on the oh, timeline. I'm so, like, I'm going to go to iTunes and pay for it. That's how excited I am. Like, I'm so, so excited. I'm, I'm going to give, I'm going to give, I'm going to give him a chance. You should. You sound a little, bit, honest, you sound a little bit muffled. Can you hear me now? Yeah, much, much better. All right. 
I said, I'm going to give him a chance. Because to be honest, I haven't, I have heard Poe's songs, but like actually taking time to fully get into his music, mm-hmm. I haven't done that. But if there's an album, I'll, I'll do that. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, I was a little bit dismayed by how long it was taking him to drop a project. So now that he's he's finally made time and it's coming out this Friday, I'm super excited about he, that. He's on the Maven, right? Yes, yes, he is. Yes. I think that was a silly move. But anyway, I'm not going. Well, to I mean, I don't know what's going on with the Mavens currently, um, but if he just does his work and doesn't rely on the label to give him a schedule, just do the work, mm-hmm. man, and just carry on with it. Because if you're waiting on a label in 2018, you're you're gonna play yourself. You know. I don't even know why people sign. I mean, this is a whole different conversation as well. I mean, I know why they sign record labels and record deals in Nigeria, but I just feel it's not as important. But I also understand that the the label helps, you know, especially those that are um, not from the most comfortable circumstances, like to, you know, with housing, with transportation, you know, hooking them up with people to help their stuff or whatever. I think that's probably the biggest thing Nigerian labels do, or the most. But everything else, I don't think they need labels. Well, you hit the nail on the head there. You know, yeah. labels until you blow provide you a form of social, social safety net, and then you yeah. blow and you don't need them. And I suppose that's one of the advantages that these Alte kids enjoy because a lot of them aren't in that circumstance where they need a label to hook them up, yes. to hook them up you know, to yes. buy clothes for them or give them a whip or whatever. You know, so. That's that's good, and I'm I'm just really pretty. Even though sometimes I sound like I'm annoyed by the general state of Nigerian music, a part of me is pretty excited. I think these are the experimentation years, and whatever's gonna emerge from this is gonna be is gonna be amazing, you know. And yeah. and I'm 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 pretty 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 excited. Yeah. So yeah. to to round off our talk on loose talk, right? So what, what yeah. where do you think this will take the podcast? Because a part of me is pretty nervous about it being yanked off air because the episode in reference here was later taken down edited and put back up um and you know i spoke with a few people in the industry and they're telling me that you know the fear for osage's safety etc etc yeah how do you think this because personally for me i think this is a good and a bad thing i think it's a good thing because the audience is much broader now people might check for it on monday to see how they address this brouhaha and i hope that they do the bad side is I feel like people might think they have Osage over a barrel now. Like if he says something they don't like, they just have to issue threats against him, and they can get him to retract that. So that that is a worry for me. But how do you mm. how do you see the podcast going forward? Um, I am I'm, I'm worried as well. Like I, I was actually talking to my girlfriend earlier today, and I was like, I'm waiting for tomorrow to mm. see what happens on the podcast yeah. because. I worry that since it's under under a um, it's under a big Corp- company, a corporate umbrella, a corp- yeah, exactly. Since it's under that, you kind of have to do what they say, exactly. And that's and whenever it comes to podcasting, as somebody who is you know currently working on a system like that, whenever it comes to podcasting, something that podcasters have always had in their you know in their um, ad going for them was the fact that a lot of podcasts are not under that umbrella. Yeah. You know, you just, people just do it from home. People just do it from, you know, with the homies and you just do it together that they put it up. So you really don't have to answer to all that. But the moment you start going under these companies, it becomes like a radio station. Mm-hmm. You know, it becomes like, because now they can, you know, censor, excuse me, now they can censor your content and they can mm. tell you what to do. So I fear that I don't want them to be censored. Exactly. I don't want them to become, I don't want PC or Sachs to, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. back it. Yeah. You know, like I really, because the thing that I like about Osaz, as as much as I don't agree with everything he says, mm-hmm. I like the fact that as somebody who has been a fan of Nigerian music and the industry for 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 decades now mm-hmm. one problem i always had is the fact that nobody says the truth yep. you know nobody like most of what he said that were true many people know about them and they would never say it they would never they say would it never out say it. you know um a friend of mine told me as well he's like yo we know i've heard about these things and 
but I didn't want him to say it out there. And I'm like, why? I've known about it? some of these things as well, but you know, I mean, I discussed them with my friends, but then I suppose yeah. I don't have the same platform that he has. Exactly. So like, I I think us having somebody who is able to listen to an artist's music and sometimes artists that he likes and say that, hey, I don't think that was a good album. I think that's so important because whenever you have an opinion in music to Nigerians, uh, say something that they like, you become a hater. It's automatic, you know. And it's always funny. Like, I'm always laughing on the timeline when I say that I don't think Burner Boy is like this person that people say um, he is going to be like the next fell out something. And people be like, oh, why don't you like Burner Boy? And I say, dude, I like Burner Boy. I probably started this with Burner Boy before you started this thing. I like his music. I just don't think he is this person you people make him to be like the I savior think, of the I music. think he is, but that's another thing. No, he's fair enough to disagree, but I don't think he is the savior of Nigerian music. And I'm okay with being wrong. Mm. Like, there are many times I've been wrong. When Whiskey came out, I found Whiskey annoying. And my friends will tell you that. I say, yeah, I hate the, his voice sounded childish and weird. Mm -hmm. But then in a few years, I became a big, I became a, a, a big Whiskey fan. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm okay with being wrong. That's not my problem. But it just makes me laugh that people always think the opposite of, you know, oh, you hate him. Like, oh, it's always, oh, you yeah, hate Yeah, but you know, critical reasoning is not really our strongest suit. And that's my biggest thing. And that's why I, I value the fact that Osax is in the place where he is. Because he's one of the few people able to say, hey, yeah, I didn't like this because this. Mm -hmm. You know, I maybe he could work on his delivery a bit more. Mm -hmm. I think that's something they could work. Actually, everybody on that podcast, they could work on the delivery. I was telling I've um, my, my my close friend, and I was like, as somebody who is you know looking into producing podcasts and overseeing um, different podcast production, right? I'm like, if Zeus Stock was one of the podcasts under my um, umbrella, mm -hmm. that podcast wasn't going up, you know. Like even before it being published, I was going to stop it because there's so many things that could be you know, could bring a lawsuit, could bring issues. Like we said earlier, the fact that allegedly wasn't sprayed across in different places, mm -hmm. you know, so I think that's something that you get to worry about. But if they want to continue this kind of method they're going with, they may have to go independent. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I think to do the podcast the way he really wants to do it, mm -hmm. I mean, far be it for me to tell him how to conduct his job but it needs to be removed from the pulse umbrella that way pulse is not liable for anything that exactly. people feel like they've said wrong and they get complete artistic and creative freedom to say and and discuss however they feel truly without being censored on their podcast right yeah. so i think it works both ways if you're if you're beholden to a corporate the corporate has to protect its own interests do you get me? Because now, if Whiskey feels like he was libeled on the podcast, he's going to sue Pulse. He's not going to sue Osage. Exactly. He's not going to cover them yet. Right. So, I understand the corporate's view in that instance. I think for this podcast to work the way it should, it needs to be removed from, from the corporate umbrella. Because imagine if it was Osage doing this by himself. I can bet you those apologies would not have been issued. Of course not. You know. I mean, I, I knew it wasn't. Those apologies were fine. I, don't, I actually don't know why he apologized to the Viola Kazim guy. He apologized to that one as well. I, I saw it. He's on his time. I'm like, why did he apologize? Oh, for right? goodness sake. Then what's the like point? They, I felt like they forced Osage to say a lot of those well, Then what's the point of loose talk? If you're going to be apologizing exactly. for that, what's the point? The, that, that really Oh, made no, 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 no. I didn't know he apologized to Biola Kazima. Come yeah, on, yeah. man. No, 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 like no, no, no. What he said about the guy was true. Was true. I feel sorry was for totally people. totally true. Because what the guy said was so low ball and so insensitive. He hasn't apologized for saying that. I know he didn't directly exactly. as someone in particular, but a lot of women took offense. So he hasn't apologized for it. So why should Osagi apologize to him? Um, but that just so shows you, that just shows you what the industry and, you know, the, this whole movement with influential people and everything, it shows you how Nigerians deal. It shows you how the kiss-ass nature of things, the old... Oh, I'm so like, disappointed. It, I didn't know he apologized to Biola Kazim. For what? Yes, it's good. He, uh, he, so he, it's, not, it's not really loose talk. 
it's not they probably should change the name of the podcast it's painful it's painful to see i'm, I'm hurt i'm hurt because right. i love the podcast so much i'm hurt like that podcast needs to come off from pulse so they can do what they like say what they like and really give nigerians some inside gist entertainment and critical review of particular albums they can't do that under the pulse umbrella if you're going to be issuing four apologies four I didn't know they apologized to Bill. I'm so disappointed. It is kind of sad. It is kind of sad. Yeah, be- yeah. And also because you know it's not it's not an apology. Like nothing Osage said on that day. Everything he said was because he meant it. Of course. And because he believed in it. Of course. And it's okay for people to disagree on stuff. And that's what I say. I say to my friends, I say it all the time. It's okay for us to disagree on stuff. Yep. There's no problem with that, you know. Um, could it have been public, um, polished a little bit? Exactly. Yes. We can all but do that. Yeah. The, yes, but that's the the podcast is called Loose Talk. That's that's, that's the nature we, of the talk. Exactly. So I can't really be mad at that. You know? Oh man. I, I, I wish them. I wish them all the best going forward. I mean, I think Osage has some thinking to do, vis-a-vis where the podcast is housed. SoundCloud can host you. You know, you can pay a nominal amount per year and it will host your podcast. It does not have to be under the Pulse umbrella. So think about that. I don't know what this means. I don't even think Pulse is. I I think maybe the studio is what they use, like, Pulse really for. But I don't think, like, Pulse is, like, controlling most of it. Well, it's, it's, it's me it's content right it's content for okay. the for the company for the for the media arm of what they do and for the, oh, okay, for, the, okay. for the entertainment arm of what they do etc so but yeah i think for this to work as it does corporate has to be outside of that man but i wish them all the best you know and steve and io need to do a better job of covering their guy man no offense but okay. i think they should it's not a good look when you agree with everything man says and when he gets in trouble it's only him that's getting in trouble, but it's that, all. That's, that's actually true. They never, I've never seen anything from them yet. Yeah, it's all, it's all good. Now, now moving on to something else, I want to discuss with you really, really mm-hmm. quickly. And oh, I think it was, it was, what was it? Um, I want. Oh, how how did I forget? When I thought of this topic, I thought of you specifically, <laughs> but I seem to have. Oh, male allies on feminism oh okay what are your thoughts ah boy um i think i was watching a video the other time on the um the guy wasting whatever from um mbaku that's not his real life name i know but i was watching the video of talking about you know being an ally and i agree with a lot of what he said i think the way I see it is men need to be able to listen, right? And when I say listen, I mean not just sitting down and just hearing what the person is saying. I mean, you also have to listen and try to put yourself in what they're talking about, right? And also listen not from a place of um, trying to be a savior, right? Because I think that's one mistake we make, and not just when it comes to this. I mean, many times we go into stuff, we try to, like, save. I think what we should do is try to understand as much as we can and then try to look at where we stand and what we are doing to you know to further patriarchy and to you know to to pretty much keep patriarchy the way it's going and say hey oh i'm doing this i have to stop doing that you know i have to speak to my guy and say hey if your guy say something that you think is problematic and you know um you can talk to them about say hey guy um this thing you said it's somehow because to be honest your guys are going to listen to you more before they listen to a woman tell them about it that's just the sad reality of life you know so if you that's really the work you can do the most and try to help from your side with other men like you and say hey 
this thing that is being done, what do you think about this? You know, um, what problem do you see in this? And have the genuine conversation because guys usually, we don't talk about this. We, we, guys have so many plain um, surface and surface level friendships. It's just, ah, my guy, you be, ah, fine, nah, you, nah, you, or guy, you know, it's just like, it stays like that. Mm. And we need to have more friendships where we discuss a wide, wide range of things and disagree. It's okay to disagree once again and um, try to educate and see where the person is coming from. Because one thing I've noticed is a lot of the men who are, um, who are agents of patriarchy, for the lack of a better phrase, a lot of them, they're not coming from a place of wickedness or place of trying to be horrible people, you know. It's just the fact that they've been raised in the same system mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that we see that it's problematic. And of course, if somebody has been used to something for 20 years of their life, it's hard to just change overnight. That's right, yeah. So we have to also put that into, you know, it's going to be harder for women who are directly affected to be doing all the teaching and to be saying, hey, you people, because they have so much to deal with. They have so much to worry about. Like, their lives are being threatened on a daily basis. Okay, wait. Well, would you say that you're a male feminist or male ally? Um... I guess I would call, I would say I'm a male feminist. I believe so. Okay. Because I, I mean, going by what I think on the definition of what feminism is and the ideologies of feminism, I think if you are somebody who strongly believes what it stands for, mm -hmm. you are a feminist. Mm -hmm. I think there's so many feminists out there who don't even know they're feminists and it, it's make, it makes me laugh so much. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if I sent you this, um, this podcast was something that happened in Argentina of a TV show where there was this confusion about feminism as well. And until somebody broke what feminism really was about. And it turns out a lot of women who were calling feminists, um, women who don't want to take care of their children and everything. It turns out they realized, oh, wow. So I am a feminist. I mean, to you be know. fair, I think we do get caught up in the nomenclature and the, and the term more mm -hmm. than we really should i think exactly. i think i think more than the term itself the ideology is probably what's more important is definitely what's more important you know if you it carry is. if you carry out the tenets of feminism if you if you but also go I, but also i have a problem with people who believe in the ideology and don't like being called the term because i feel like i can understand you saying yeah there's some problematic people but then also, if you believe in Christianity, if you believe in a lot of things, if you call yourself a vegan, and uh, you call yourself so many things, oh. okay, yes, we have... No, but it's true. It's just... Yes, it's just the word. We understand it. But if you're somebody who doesn't eat meat, by definition, you're a vegan. Not really, because I think being vegan requires... a. Uh you to be active about your love of animals and this and that there's, what, there's, what? there's having a because i was watching a diet video the other day yeah. funny you brought this up there's a difference between eating a plant-based diet which is no meats no dairy and being a vegan a vegan is more conscious and active about animal rights and whatever have you. all right what about what about protesting about it but no no wait vegan? listen to, to go back to feminism let's go back i don't think you need to call yourself a feminist to be a feminist what offends of me is when people denigrate feminists. So I think that's a, that's a totally different matter. I think if you subscribe to the ideology of feminism and you live your life on the tenets of feminism, that is you give an equal platform, equal opportunities to men and women, and where women are lacking, you give them a leg up. Not because, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, you're treating them specially, rather you're mm -hmm. trying to bridge a, bridge a gap, rather, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not too caught up on what people call themselves and what they don't. What really annoys me is when people put down the movement and talk down on it or speak uh, pure ignorance on it and refuse to be taught, right? That's what really upsets me. Now, to male feminists, frankly, I'm very suspicious of every single man who calls himself a male feminist or an mm -hmm. Now, if I weren't, I'd be silly. Um, I think that such is the socialization of men and women when it comes to gender relations that it'll take a long time of action, not just of words, of action for me to be convinced that a man really does look at a woman and see an equal, right? 
Um, mm -hmm. Being that a lot of these discussions take place on Twitter, I've seen enough people who define themselves as male feminists or allies being very problematic when it comes to women and their views on women and roles and mm. gender relations, etc., etc. Now, not this is not saying that I don't believe that a man can be an ally or a feminist, but I think there's there's a lot that's currently being done for the ovation, as opposed to the fact that you really hold these beliefs. And even we, if you do, we, even if you do hold the beliefs, right? I'm mm. somebody who doesn't. I don't believe in binaries. Okay. What I of what course, I think, yes. what I know and understand is that this is a journey. We have all been raised and raised under this noxious umbrella where gender relations are concerned, and we're trying to unlearn and do better. So it's a journey. Nobody ever gets to a point where they're perfectly feminist now, right? Exactly. So yes. it's a journey. So I'm willing to allow, and I'm willing to entertain, and I'm willing to discuss where somebody wants to, and somebody is. I'm willing to like engage them as opposed to cancelling them out. However, far, on far too many occasions, so many of these so-called allies have shown themselves to be more interested in getting the ovation from people they see as popular on social mm -hmm. media as opposed to really holding these beliefs. Now, as a feminist, I am a self-identifying proud feminist, right? But I'm also a realist. I understand that people live their lives every day. Situations arise every day. And these solutions that they fashion might not be best where you're concerned because you're a feminist and you believe in xyz ideal i personally i don't think that there can be such a thing as a feminist marriage under this current socialization of marriage i don't think there can be such a thing as a feminist marriage yes that's me however i do believe that two people in a marriage can can operate that marriage in a way that serves feminist ideals regardless okay. of, regardless of the societal um uh, uh the societal expectations of what a marriage is i don't know if that makes any sense but that's that's how i see it all right okay i i i, I see where you're coming from right but and i have a question as well because i'm always very careful about this um when it comes to not just even feminism when it comes to anything when it comes to um to um, race relations when it comes to Black Lives Matter and mm -hmm. all these important things. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm always careful not to give people jobs. And when I say that, I mean that I understand where you're coming from and I know it's hard since there are people who really, I mean, we live in a society where everything is a performance. You know, it's about, oh, look at me, I'm doing this. Oh, look at me, you know, we understand that. And that's why, you know, when I started talking about this, I said it's important for people to have these discussions with their guys, you know, have discussions with people in real life that they see. You know, I I personally don't like people who are who always wear feminism as a badge. And when I say that I mean okay, for example, right? You know, when you meet a guy who and I'm speaking of guys here. Why meet a guy who, every second, oh, I'm a feminist, oh, I'm a feminist. I find that suspicious, first of all, right? Because I feel like, based on what we know about the way people are, I'm wondering, is this guy performing? Is this guy trying to seem cool? You know, is he trying to come off some kind of way? I would love to see somebody who I know in real life, who lives their life and believes in, you know, uplifting people who believes in looking at everybody as equal male or female who genuinely looks at where they are in life and says oh why did i do this there are things that i do and i wonder um why did i say that is it because of this or that you know when you do this every day and you try to generally better yourself to me when it comes to men and women relation when it comes to the way the um, the things you live you're a feminist mm -hmm. you know by just going by the definition the reason why i have a problem with people who don't who go out there like the lady who was running for eunice who was running for president mm -hmm. when that thing was happening the reason i have a problem with people like that is that going by what feminism as a as a um as a movement is going through at the moment, you know, and this is not the first time. Historically, feminism has always you know, faced this opposition, but we have a time where people are pretty much trying to paint feminists as bitter, angry, 
um, men-hating and all these things, right? And then you knowing and you believing that everything I'm doing isn't that. And I'm living this life of being, uh, you know, a feminist on a daily basis. But because people are saying all these things about feminism that are not true, you're deciding to say, oh, I'm not a feminist. Even when you know what they're saying is wrong. I feel like you could be contributing to the issue that feminism is facing. You're not helping by then excluding yourself. Because if you're living your life in an exemplary way, exemplary way, right? That people see him, well, oh, wow, this, this woman is dope. This man is dope. And you're then excusing yourself from feminism. It would be such a great thing if they can see that, you know, this is this great person here that is identifying as this. So guess what? I guess the definition I had of feminism wasn't probably correct since I'm seeing somebody. Like when Obama called himself a feminist, it's such a great thing because he's such a good man. You know, you can question his politics or whatever. But as a man, a lot of people respect him, you know. So when you see somebody like that calling themselves a feminist, it helps the cause because then it makes, you know, the people who are doubters go and say, oh, if Obama is a feminist, what does he see in feminists? You well, know, to be honest with you, I think that the, the purpose that labels serve is so that we can group ourselves under the same umbrella. Like, for example, now, if I say I'm Yoruba, I know I can identify fellow Yoruba, right? So I know that, okay, this is where we come from, this part of the world, blah, 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 blah. Like I always say to people, the function of nomenclature is to is for easier conversations, right? A mm-hmm. shorthand. The underlying reason that the name or the tag exists is far more important. For example, my grandmother from Ekwe, my mother's mother, was the first, and probably till date, I don't know, but let me hazard a guess and say, till date there might be another or a couple of others, but in her time, she was the only fisherwoman. And she decided mm. to be a fisherwoman because she liked fishing. Mm. Women didn't fish in those days. They only smoked and sold the fish. But she took it upon herself. She could swim. She had brothers who were fishing. She'd been fishing with them from when she was young. And she didn't understand why she couldn't fish. You know, mm-hmm. Like today, people will say to her, that's a feminist action, right? But what does feminism really mean to her? The tag, that is. It doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. She's living her life, or she lived her life, and did the things that she thought was good for her, the things that were good for mm-hmm. her, rather. So it, she wasn't worried about a tag. The tag didn't mean anything. Well, it didn't, but at, at the same time, we were, we were No, 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 I'm, I'm coming to my point. The thing, <laughs> the thing is, if, if the tag, the tag is useful for us now, because when we push for rights and stuff, and we say feminism, those who understand, they understand the shorthand. They know what we mean, what mm-hmm. we're demanding, what we need when we say feminism. And feminism feminism is the right way to be. It's justice. It's fair. Do you mm-hmm. understand? And it's and I hate to get biblical with this, but it's actually glorifying God. Because if you go in the Bible, when, when Jesus says, there are no Jews, there are no Gentiles, there is no man, there is no woman, that is, we are all the same in the eyes of God. So how can you be against feminism? This is how I feel. Yes. Right? But if you are doing the things that feminism stands for, and you are not denigrating feminism or feminists, I don't have a problem with you. I had a problem with what Eunice said because of her her entire steez was based on Twitter, that is, not, not in the interview. Her entire steez on Twitter was based on ignorance, right? And I felt like she wanted a reaction and she got one. Because when she sat down and she explained to Falls and, and Layla, her beliefs aren't that different from mine. Yeah, but, but, but that's why I also have a problem with it. Because I think, like we said, we're in a, we're in a time where, even going to um, um, political um, things, we're in a time where identity politics, mm-hmm. right, is a big problem, right? We're in a time where you it's hard for you if you believe in something. It's kind of even kind of a bit dangerous for you to believe in something and not um, stand with it, you know, because we're dealing with an opposition that's brutal, an mm-hmm. opposition that's willing to go the farthest they can, mm-hmm. right, to, to cause damage. And it's similar to feminism as well. There's a lot of opposition. Like, look at the stuff going on with the Supreme Court justice nomination. Okay, wait. Right? Which, do you, think is, which so much... do you think is worse? Which do you think is worse? Which one? I'm going to present. Uh-huh. Wait, listen. Calling yourself a feminist 
and doing nothing to advance the cause of feminism or mm-hmm. other feminist one versus not calling yourself a feminist but ensuring that you hire women you help girls where they need and to further the cause of women and girls in particular i think which I do think... you think is worse the first one is worse because you just perform it. I understand. Okay, that. so okay. why are we stuck? I mean, look, I think it's no, essential. Issue, I think it's essential. Also. I think it's essential for feminists to call themselves feminists. But I'm not hung up on women who do feminist things but don't call themselves feminists. Okay, okay, look at it this way. I don't have a problem with not calling yourself a feminist, right? The problem I have, because whether you call yourself a feminist or not, and if you are doing feminist things and you're living a life of looking at you know looking at men and women equal and doing all these other things then you are a feminist by definition right mm-hmm. whether you choose to identify is your decision my issue is when these people people like that then go out there to say stuff like oh i'm not a feminist oh these feminists look at them look at the way they do yeah, because I have they're, they're idiots those ones are idiots but that's usually, that's usually yeah, what those ones are idiots about. And and I and I and I and I think that they have something in common with male allies in the sense that they don't really okay so male allies and I don't think I really went into too, enough depth mm-hmm. about what I feel about male allies. I find male allies very patronizing because mm-hmm. <laughs> because you feel like going from zero to hundred is the way to show that you're an ally, as if women can't grasp nuance or disagreements or or see see the in betweens. So for example, the sweet boy association thing. Women were jesting about it, right? Making fun of guys and sweet boys. You know, just to show them the irony. Mm-hmm. The irony with their stance on, 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 on Slay Queen or Small Girl, Big God, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So one of your so-called allies just come. You call yourself a sweet boy, but you're still living in Lekki. No, no, no. I know, but you're, you're sharing one bedroom in Lekki and you don't have a car. And I'm like, oh, God, hold on. It's not on that level yet. We're yeah. not... In making fun of Mandem over the sweet boy thing, we're not saying men shouldn't call themselves whatever they want or celebrate themselves in whichever way they want. We're trying mm. to show them the irony when they come for women. And furthermore, the idea of feminism isn't to pull men down. It's to ensure there is space for women to rise. Do you feel mm-hmm. me? So when these male allies, this is what really gets my goat, when they turn it up all the way like that, they don't respect women when they do that because they assume that they have to go that far for us to identify with them. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Am I, I making sense? Totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, so I, and I see people like that. Oh, that irrit- really that irritates my soul. That irritates my soul. Also, I think it, it's also a thing where whenever people do that, I think it's what we have made. I personally don't i find everything being taken as such a big deal i don't think it's such a big deal no. um i remember um putting a thread a few weeks ago and i was like it's hard for me as a person the way i see myself and what i want to be to people around me to myself and to the world right mm. and to see the thing that really gets me annoyed the most about this world we live in is injustice right yeah. Yeah. I feel like, and I challenge myself all the time to a point where I see everybody as equal. And I always say that with whether you're a beggar, wherever, I give everybody a base level of respect. And this is something that I've come into over the last few years. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a problem with this thing that we always say. I mean, even though I know practically it's hard. You know this thing where they say stuff like dress how you want to be addressed, yeah, right? Yeah, I think that's nonsense. I've, but I think I've, it's nonsense, I've, but if you have sense, you will pay attention to it. Well, yes. But I, I started having a problem when I realized that we make statements like that because we put ourselves as human beings in a position to start like giving people grades, right? I mean, dress people how you really... want to be addressed is an excuse for saying that she was wearing a short skirt. That's why I groped exactly. her. Exactly. Right? she was dressed like a prostitute, so I felt free to grope her. And, and, we put we put ourselves in a place where we look at random strangers and say, "Oh, this one you get a B," and I'm like, "It's wrong." Like we should ever to me when I meet the most random person, everybody gets a base yeah, level. I mean, yeah. there's there's nothing wrong with that outlook. Right? You then but... decide if you want to go up or go down, mm. you know, based on your actions. Mm. And so I don't feel like I think feminism, the exaltation and the whatever of the label. Oh my God! And you put so much. I feel like. You believing that every human being should be treated equal is you being a decent human being. Simple. And if you believe that ideology, you should automatically believe 
women should be treated equal as well, I men. I mean, I, I don't think That's everyone, my I don't believe that everyone should be treated equally. I think everyone should be given fair and equal opportunities because you will treat people differently depending on how you relate to them. I mean, okay, what your okay, maybe, I use, maybe I use the wrong yeah. word. Um, but I everybody no, I get you. I get you. I was yeah. just being cheeky. You know I, mean? I was just <laughs> being cheeky. <laughs> no, but just in case you th you 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 take my dismissal of dress to address literally, please mind yourself. You don't want to go for an interview in a bag <laughs> and you wear jeans and whatever. You know, sometimes sometimes it's good to be a Roman in Rome, and other times mm, of where, course there's that and well. in other situations where it's appropriate, you do your own thing. Do you get me? But yeah. I mean, I think I think this conversation will be ongoing because I think there are so many things to unpack. I think until you really confront your own socialization, your own the toxicity we as Nigerians have been raised in where gender relations are concerned, you can't okay. really you can't really say you're an ally. Because I know somebody else on Twitter that I won't mention who I know was a bastard to a friend of mine. But every time he tweets you think this fellow is the biggest feminist he's it happens, it's like it dude we know you yeah. you're a monster like what the hell are you serious yeah. do you understand so i mean i don't want to personalize it but these are the one two three examples that i have that that makes me very suspicious however i know that not all men have that not all men <laughs> i know that not, <laughs> i know that not all allies have that outlook that are monsters in private and allies in public i understand that so At but I, i'm wary and i'm cautious and i think i'm justified at the end of the day, to me, it comes down to what the people who deal with you on a daily basis mm. can actually give us. If somebody talks, you know, ask about you, can be like, I believe what this guy says. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah, I, I actually see the way he lives his life. Mm -hmm. And he actually, like, you know, and this is something I'm very cautious about. Mm. My, my closest friend, I, I attack him all the time. And I know he doesn't. He, he doesn't take it from a place of, you know, he knows I don't mean it from a place of malice, mm -hmm. right? But when I see him doing something that I don't agree with, I say, hey, like, nah, this is wrong. When mm -hmm. it comes to whether girls that he's fucking and something he says, I'm like, dude, that you, sh you shouldn't have said that. That's a wrong way to put that. Mm -hmm. You know, and we, we go back and forth, you know, yeah. but I hope that him looking at me and seeing the way I am actively living my life, he can be like, you know what? this guy genuinely means what he says when he says it you know and that's the way i really want other men to be fuck all the social media show i mean stop all that you know at the end of the day live your life the effect you have on people you actually meet and most importantly the other men in your circle the things you put because it's easy for you to get through to them the things you say to them and the conversations you have will go a long way because then they can also speak to other men who can also exactly. speak to exactly. other men and speak to their sons as well. Exactly. You know? So I mean, that's I, what... Yeah, I think holding holding each other to account is the highest standard we can really have, to be fair. Mm -hmm. And, you mm -hmm. know, just keep keep our minds open enough that we can keep learning about each other and growing because nobody has done this thing to the max where they don't need to improve. We're living, new situations arise, we adjust, we learn, we flex, we get better. So that's every, every time I have these conversations, that's something I always say. Nobody is a perfect feminist. Nobody. And exactly, you know, femi yes. feminism is contextual, situational, whatever. You know, the underlying ideology remains the same, but how you apply it depends on the situation you're in and what's most urgent in your context. Okay, so mm -hmm. we're learning, we're growing, and we just need to have these conversations more often until we do better by each other. You know, so thank you very much, Wale, for indulging me on that. I wanted to speak to a reasonable male on the matter. Wow, so you, so, <laughs> you think I'm reasonable? <laughs> yes, Better. yes, I think you're very reasonable. You know, and, 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 I, and I admire and appreciate you. And, you know, I thank God that your number is on my phone and I can call you up for conversations such as this one. No uh, problem, no problem. Thank you very much. And to my listeners, if you have any questions, anything that 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 has arisen from listening to this conversation, please add me on Twitter at Afro7. That's A-F-F -F for Freddy. R-O- V-I-I -I. and you can find Wally on at King Wally on Twitter engage us let's discuss ask us anything and you know we'll take it from there thank you so much for your time you have a blessed week and I will catch you the next time any other burning topic arises peace <laughs>